VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted. I am Tom Holland. Let's talk about kids specializing in sports at an early age. Early sports specialization. Now, I personally have a connection to this. I have two boys, 10 and 12. They both play hockey at a pretty high level. So... I get it. I get it. And let me read you a quick quote when you're kind of looking into the specializing at sports at a young age. Here's a quote I pulled. Youth sports have become adult-led, professionalized, and focused on winning, which has led an increasing number of children, some as young as seven to eight, to specialize early to better compete. So we're going to talk with one of the best of the best when it comes to sports performance, Mike Boyle. He's my guest. And he has kids as well. And his kids, a little older than mine, and they are thriving in sports, not because he did what other coaches and strength and conditioning coaches would tell you you need to do. Not even close. All right? But let's put it really simply, adults are ruining kids' sports. The statistics are overwhelming. They weren't fun to begin with for many kids because of the competitiveness and, and I would say bad coaches and kids are dropping out like crazy. 13, vast majority of kids at age 13 aren't playing any sports at all. And they're just ruining it. And I see it with my own kids, 10 and 12, so competitive. And I'm trying to pull them back. I'm trying to do the right thing. And it's, and it's challenging. As I say, almost every show, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I'm doing a lot of things with them that all the other kids aren't doing, even at the high level, because I also get it. I see the big picture. I am so willing to lose the battles to win the war, 
I'm an endurance guy. All the cliches hold true. A marathon, not a sprint. So we're going to talk about should kids specialize in sports at a young age? And I know many of you have kids that do that. One sport, and you say, I'm not going to fall behind. Johnny's going to be the best. Johnny's going to play year-round, if, if not almost year-round, because he will fall behind. He or she. Jenny will fall behind. And they're really good, and, it, and it's 10,000 hours, and they got to put in the time, and why waste it on other sports? And to get good, they have to play, play, play. And guess what? You have the best person to set the record straight. And why? He'll tell you you're 100% wrong. And you know what's crazy and obvious? The statistics don't support that at all. But that's not what you're being told by your coaches if you're in that world. But wait till you hear Mike Boyle, his take on it. Mike Boyle, strength and conditioning, just guru out of Boston, Boston Bruins, Boston Red Sox, Olympic hockey, soccer, collegiate, Boston University. This guy trains them all. And he's, again, the only type of guest I'm going to bring on this show. We don't have time to waste. I'm bringing you the people who know what they're talking about. Not only, and it's always both sides of the coin, not only from an educational perspective, but from real world. And Mike has it on three levels. Education, real world with professional athletes and, and, and all of the above, Olympic, collegiate. And he's also done it with his kids. And that is so rare. It's one thing to say, sure, here's what you should do. Do as I say, not as I do. But Mike actually follows the principles he's going to put out there. And when you specialize in sports at a young age, a bunch of bad things happen. You feel good. The parents feel good. Oh, Johnny's, you know. His team's winning all the time. He's on, quote-unquote, the best team. And that feels good in the short term. But what's Johnny going to be doing when he's 16, 17, 18? We're going to talk about that. Enough with me. We got to make time, and we're going to make a lot of time because this is so important. I'm in the thick of this right now. Many of you are as well, and I love this topic. And where I live, I'm the outlier. I'm not doing all the things that all the other parents are doing because I know – the end game. And it's not about my ego. It's about my kids being happy and healthy and enjoying what they do. And guess what? <laughs> Those things are not mutually exclusive, as so many coaches will tell you. You can't be happy and you, you need to do more to succeed. Not true. When we come back from the break, holy smokes, kids in sports from the preeminent expert on the topic, strength and conditioning coach, one of the best in the world, Mike Boyle out of Boston, he's going to tell you if you have kids and you want them to be happy and play sports and enjoy it and be really good at it, if you want all of those things, he's the guy to listen to. Mike Boyle, we come back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. All right, could not be more excited interviewing Mike Boyle, and this is the guy. If you don't know who he is, let me give you his quick bio. He's an internationally recognized strength and conditioning expert. He's got like well over 30 years of experience in the industry, and he trains the best of the best, all right? Uh, he brings a depth and breadth of knowledge that's unmatched in sports performance training. This guy knows how to train the top athletes, but he does it with real people too, and it's always weird to say real people. Um, you know, his client list is, is everybody in Boston who wants to train with the best. They basically go to Mike, all right? And his gym, Mike Boyle Strength, and conditioning, you know, one of the most comprehensive performance training places in the in the world, I would say. And it was voted the number one gym in America by Men's Health Magazine. He's got books, he's got DVDs. Listen, if you're a fitness person and you don't know of Mike, you're not doing your homework. And if you're someone who is into just getting the most out of your workouts and your health and who isn't, go to strengthcoach.com, the greatest resource, I would argue, for just the latest exercise science on the stuff that you're reading about from people who don't know what they're talking about. Mike clarifies all that stuff on that site. And he's got a book, Functional Training for Sports, uh, two editions. Awesome. Again, if you're a fitness person, you need to have that in your library. And so what I want to talk about today, Mike, is sports specialization at a young age, <laughs> something we both have a little bit of uh, experience experience with, right? Personally, as well as professionally. Yes. I always said, uh, skin in the game in this one. Yeah. And, and so you have two kids, is that right? Am I? Two kids. Yeah. I have a daughter who is, uh, a, she's a redshirt sophomore at Robert Morris University. And she right now, I think is, I think she's 12th in the nation in goals in division one. Wow. Um, Good so, to have you as a dad. <laughs> Doesn't hurt, right? But she had to put the work in. So let me, I just want to start with this because I have two boys, Mike, uh, 10 and 13. My major, and they both play hockey and they actually are doing a lot of the the stuff, stupid stuff I can't control because I have a hockey wife who's a total loon and that's that's a real problem for me. She loves it to no end. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, hopefully she won't listen to this show. But what I pulled from your site, strengthcoach.com, is endemic, I would say, of this industry and kids sports in particular. Here's an email from a coach, okay? And this is advice for a seven-year-old. Remember that it's a seven-year-old people. And this is from a coach. A lot of 
parents have asked me what their child can do to become a better player. It starts in the spring and the summer. Hockey is a 12-month sport. If you put the bag away, I can guarantee you to expect being at the bottom level of whatever team your child makes next year. Kids get better by playing more. If anyone tells you otherwise, they do not know the game. I'm proud to be a part of a program that offers as many opportunities as this one does to have your child on the ice as much as possible. <laughs> what do we think about that, Mike? Absolutely. One, it's a complete lie and not based on any facts at all. So that's the, the biggest thing. When we look at this, one of the things, and I've been saying this, I, I, you know, I've been banging this drum now for going on 20 years. And as I said, I went through with my daughter. My daughter had a full scholarship at 15 to Clarkson, which was the, uh, at that time defending national champ, won the national championship at Clarkson her freshman year as a true 18-year-old. So, and she played soccer until she was 15. I made her play her last year of U15 soccer. And every summer, she, she's done judo. She did swimming and diving. She actually was like the U12 diving champion of our little country club league that we had yeah. in the summer. And every year, people would say that, oh, you know, she's not going to play in the summer. She's going to fall behind. And I was like, I don't think so. And every September would come around, and she'd still be the best player. And that, it was that way. Every year and every – she would cry about not being able to go to summer tournaments. and say, why can't I play in the summer? Why don't you let me do this? And I always – I said, because what all these people are telling you just isn't true, that it's not – there is not a relationship of more being better. There is a relationship of being a good athlete and being better. And I think that's the part that people miss. I don't think kids should not play sports, but I feel like young kids should play as many as they can. So you're – you know, you said you're an 11-year-old. You know, your 11-year-old should be in three or four sports. I think when, when you do get to the point where you want to be a college player, you may need to specialize. But that specialization is probably going to come at like ages 15, 16, 17, not at ages 7, 8, 9, 10. And that's the problem that we're running into now is that people are telling you – know, people who've never done this but in their lives right. are telling people how to do it. And I look at it and think I have kids that I've seen – come to me at 12 years old, become NHL players. I have a really good picture of two of our 12-year-olds who are just getting ready to retire. One kid is, I believe he's 32. He's been training with me for almost 20 years. Wow. And is, was captain at Boston University. Probably played, he played a, a decent number of games in the NHL. Is now in the AHL, again, finishing out his career in the AHL. Another guy's in Europe, finishing out his career. Played probably, he's, the other kid probably played four or 500 NHL games. Played at University of Maine, was captain at University of Maine. I saw these kids start at 12 and become pros. And the people that are giving out the advice, I would be willing to bet strongly that they do not have one of these people on their resume that they can look at and say, yes, I gave this kid this advice. Play as much as you possibly could, as often as you possibly could. And that kid became an NHL player. Yeah, and, so, and, and that's, uh, that's a huge part of it, right, Mike, is that the people, that they didn't play, they're not fitness people. Um, and is part of it uh, the 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, oh, yeah, you got to start really young. And, and I, I knew a guy, Mike, who made his kid, his kid was shooting 2,000 pucks a day. Yeah, well, I think part of it is we misunderstand. Sports Gene is a really good book for people to read. Love because it, yeah. David Epstein goes into yeah. kind of detail about Anderson's research and about Gladwell's book and about a lot of that stuff. And what I tell people is that soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, 
All these things are part of the 10,000 hours for developing an athlete. You don't want 10,000 hours of hockey. You want to build, a, I always said, you want to build a pyramid. And the base of that pyramid is a base of athleticism. So you want a kid, it's really interesting. People would always watch my daughter play and say, she picks up pucks great in her skates. She's really good with her feet. And I'm like, yeah, she's a good soccer player. She understands how to use her feet. You know, your kid who's never played soccer, you know, if it doesn't hit him in the stick, he's in trouble. But, you know, my daughter, if it hits her in the skate, she kicks it under her stick. And people would look and they'd say, oh, she's really strong. And I'm like, yeah, because she lifts weights. And you know what I mean? It's like all of these things, that's all part of the 10,000 hours. But I always think, and this is what I would say, we, as adults, we apply adult values to youth activities. Because for, I said, for most people, if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're an accountant or whatever it is, you specialize. You don't look and say, I'm thinking about being a doctor, lawyer, accountant. You think about, I'm going to be one of those. And then I'm going to study everything there is to know about that. Which again, for my NHL clients, that's what they're doing. I'm a hockey player. This is what I do. Okay. I get it. I understand that. But that doesn't apply at seven or eight years old. And that's the problem now is that we have adults applying what works for us to their children, assuming that it's the same process and it's not. And it's, it's so well put. And I love that, Mike, the 10,000 hours, everybody, if you didn't hear that, it's not one sport. It's 10,000 hours of, of strength training, of free play that we're going to talk about, of playing a bunch of sports. My kids actually do, Mike. They're, they're lacrosse and soccer and, and swimming and all those things, too. And I remember when they first started playing lacrosse, the coach was like, wow, these kids are hockey players, aren't they? Right? And it was they were doing certain things, and then they picked up stuff. And then the next season they played hockey, they had skills from lacrosse, body positioning and things like that that were so helpful and across the board. So the 10,000 hours, as, as Mike just talked about, is not sports specialist. And there's a, a movie. So you got to read that book, everyone. If you're really into this, the sports gene is just awesome. And he is also, by the way, Mike, in that um, documentary that if you're into this, In Search of Greatness. So he's all over that. Epstein is as well. And the, the In Search of Greatness, if you're into this, is a documentary by a Yale hockey guy who actually didn't do that well, Mike, which is so interesting. And he didn't even have kids when he did it. It's a really interesting documentary. And he interviews Wayne Gretzky and Jerry Rice and Pele and the tape takeaway is, is pretty obvious. And it's about what we're talking about here. And one really cool thing, Mike, is he actually said, and they ha he let the cameras roll like way longer than the normal documentary uh, filmmakers. And at one point he asks Wayne Gretzky, he said, do you want the questions up front? Most people do like, let, let me ask, what are the questions you're going to ask me? And Wayne Gretzky said, no. And his takeaway was, you know, that Wayne Gretzky wanted to be able to react, to just be natural and be in the moment. And that's what people don't do. And that's what Playing a bunch of sports, that is one of the things you learn, right, is just reaction. You don't need all the answers right away or questions. Right. And, yeah, there's so much to it. Like I said, you know, with Gretzky, with Gretzky, there was a huge amount of time spent by himself. Yes. On the other. And, and he was not, he did not come from money. They had, you know, they, they had to budget for skates and for sticks. And he didn't travel all over the place to tournaments. I've read a lot about, about Gretzky in that particular situation. And you just realize, as you said, I have another friend, um, Jamie Monroe, who's a, a really good lacrosse coach who has started the program at Denver. And he's a huge proponent of just what you said, the free play idea. We need, and this goes into another really book, good book, Genius in All of Us. Um, Shank wrote Genius in All of Us. And in Genius in All of Us, one of the things he talks about is one of the things that's really important for a kid to be successful, passion. The kid has to, like I always, one of the things someone said to me, what's the number one thing you can teach your kids? And I told him to like practice. 
because you got to like to practice. My kids love, my kids like to go to practice. They don't miss practice. They will tend to go to extra practices. Again, my daughter, and I, I talk about my kids a lot because I'm proud of sure. that. My daughter would generally go, like she'd go to her skill sessions and she'd go to one and then she'd stay for the next one. She was like, I'm going to go to the U14 skills and then I'm going to stay and do the U16 one. And I'd be like, fine. You know, I never told her, I think you should stay and do the U16 ones. And she'd go to the rink and hang around. And if no one had players, she'd play. She'd be like, Dad, I think the U19s aren't going to have enough players and they'll let me play. <laughs> yeah. She was 12. She was playing in U19 games because she'd be hanging around and she'd be like, you know, people be like, oh, we only have two lines. And she's like, I'll play. And they'd let her play in the U19 game. She played, I mean, and it's terrible. Some weekends, you know, some Sundays she'd play five games because she'd just stay at the rink. And be like, you know, it's almost like our old pickup basketball days when we were kids. We'd go to the park and play pickup basketball all day. My daughter would go play pickup hockey, except it wasn't. She'd just look around and she'd be like, teams, you know, who, who needs players? And there I was like, oh, there's a good little kid. There's a good U12 kid. You know, who, who, she'll be able to, she'll fit in. And she'd play all day. Because she wanted to. Because, you know, right. she wasn't getting never, pushed to. Never because I wanted her to. Right. And I would be tough. Like, I, I was always that thing. Be honest. Don't blow smoke up your kid's ass. That's right. probably not a Probably not a word we should, but my daughter used to always say that to me. She said, Dad, I like the fact that you're honest. She said, the other parents aren't honest. They, they don't, they lie. And, uh, and I said, no, I'll always tell you the truth. You know, did you ask me if you played well? I'll tell you. Yes, no, or in between. And so, you know, the kids, they like to practice. They get honest feedback about whether they were good or bad. I get, and I always tell them all I care about is effort. I'd right. say the same thing. You know, I'd never, goals and assists, care less. Right. Effort, care about, you know, it's even like my son now has turned into a better lacrosse player than he is a, uh, hockey player and he's good at both but he's better at lacrosse but i always tell him all i care about is you know go to practice try hard everything else take care of itself yeah and so you'll appreciate and understand and you've been doing this for a really long time we just got so i do have the two boys I talked about who play hockey and they do go to canada and we were just in canada recently and got blown out so my it's my second son now i've gone through it with my first and so this one is 10 and we got blown out and all the parents were really angry mike and i'm like really happy and they're like why are you like we're coming up here to play the best of the best we're coming up here you know i'm spending a lot of money and a lot of time and truthfully mike you how many times i've gone up there with the older son and we end up playing teams from massachusetts and New York. like why are we here <laughs> we're playing the team from new jersey that we could have played at home and saved two grand but again like i don't care about the scores i don't care i want my kid to play hard play against some really good talent and learn right i don't care about the scores no, and then I always say like that. I, you know, I get the same thing, same reaction from parents. I want the games to be close. Like, I don't want to go someplace. I don't want to pay money to go get blown out. Like, we never did that. My daughter did the Canada thing when she got older. She was playing for a girls' junior team, and most of the good competition was in Canada. But, you know, when the kids, we'd go to Lake Placid once a year to one of those tournaments for the kids to have fun. But I saw, I have friends who, the same thing, like when someone said, you know, you know, do you want to go, you want to put Mark on a team, we're going to go up and play. You know, in some tournament in Quebec, I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Why would you possibly? Because the other thing, though, is that's what I said. We're complicit because we don't oh, say yeah. no. Yeah. Right. We're, we are the, the problem. Um, another great book, Inside Out Coaching. Joe Ehrman calls parenting the uh, most competitive sport in America. And, <laughs> right. And if you're in, and I'm going to bet you're in one of those higher income Southern Connecticut communities, you know, in that probably, you're probably in Fairfield County. And again, I won't name names, but I could probably tell you exactly where you live. It's <laughs> so sad. If you're with a bunch of type A, hyper-competitive parents who, you know, my, it's, you know, my kids got to have the best, got to be against the best. You know, you got kids with freaking $400 sticks 
you know, can't even bend them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> right. so they could be used in wood. And, um, you know, it, it's crazy. Like we kept our kids. My daughter stayed in town hockey till she played boys town hockey until she was 11. Right. And, um, and then at 12, she was like, I want to play for a girls team. We took her. Everybody's like, take her. You know, they named off the top five teams. And I was like, I have to drive too far to go to this. <laughs> right. right. is 15 minutes from here. She's going to play for the Islanders. And they were like, oh, they're not very good. I'm like, I don't care. She's fine. She'll, she'll do okay. It won't make any difference. Anything. They've got to be on the best team. They've got to play the best competition. It's all bullshit. Excuse my language. But <laughs> right. it's all so incredibly unimportant. And in reality, probably counterproductive. Because this is another great thought. My friend Kevin Neal, who's the Bruins strength and conditioning coach, said once when we were talking about this, he said, if your kid isn't one of the five best players on their team, move them to a lower team. Because what you really want is for your kid to be on the ice in critical situations. I mean, if your kid, if you're, if you have a young kid and they're not playing on a team that rolls lines, like if you're on a team that has a power play or a penalty kill or that shortens the bench, like I love that when people say, "Oh, well, we shorten the bench," I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I know. You know, at U14, you shorten the bench. You some kids don't play in critical situations. U10, like, yeah. You ten, yeah. and that's insane. Parents should immediately go someplace else and be like, "Okay, I'm playing with insane people. I need to get out of here." Right? Because it is so ridiculous. Like I said, we never let our kids do that. We put our kids in club settings where they were with people who understood coaching. And if someone said to me, "Oh, hey, you know, your your kid may not play in the third period of big games," I'd be like, "Okay, this probably isn't the right place for us to be." Then I would like because how do you learn to respond to pressure how do you learn to score a big goal how do you learn you know how do those skills get developed if someone says to you when you're 10 oh by the way you're not good enough imagine you're, that that kid said that he knows right i'm not good enough right i've been told the coach has established that i'm not good enough to be on the ice right now that should never ever happen to a child ever so well put mike holy cow and Yes, you're right about Fairfield County thing, right on the money. And, and I'm going to take it one step even further. So I have five brothers, so total crazy, six-boy family. And I have one brother completely nuts. His son, very good. I'm going to throw I'm not going to name him, but, <laughs> you know, they can figure it out. He literally has, as his coach, Marty St. Louis. Okay, literally the coach was, so at one point the team doing really well. And, you know, so Marty decided, hey, I'm going to switch up the positions. Forwards or D, D or forwards. My brother went nuts. My brother actually walked into Marty's office <laughs> to complain. And of course, my brother prefaces as he's telling me the story by saying, oh, by the way, you know, I said to Marty, I'm not that dad. And I go, when you say that, <laughs> you are by definition that father. And I was like, I can't, I can't even, I can't fathom what you're going to tell me right now that you walked into Marty St. Louis and complained. And it was all about winning because they start, you know, it took a little while. He complained. Well, it's funny. So Mike Sullivan, who coaches the Penguins now, two-time Stanley Cup winning Mike Sullivan, played for me at BU. And when he coached the Bruins, he got fired from the Bruins and coached his um, brother's youth hockey team. And I remember seeing him one day and he said, he said, you can't because I'm taking more grief from parents right, right now. Right. He said, and I'm looking at these people thinking, I was just the head coach of the Boston Bruins. <laughs> right. telling me I can't yeah. coach. Yeah. Because you're not happy the way it's going for your kid. But this is, I mean, the insanity. I can tell you, I think I've had one conversation with a coach. And it was a very simple, you're putting too much pressure on my kid. You know, this is my daughter. 
So again, and I can talk about that, but as an eighth grader, she led her team, her high school team in score. And so I said, you know, it's too much pressure for her. You can't tell her she has to score. You know, she's, she's cries when she comes home. You know, she's just not, you know, she's 13 years old. You've got 18 year old girls on your team. You know, you need to relax. And that was the only, the only coach conversation I've ever had. And I was even loathed. I was like, Oh, I hate to even call and speak to this woman and say this to her. But I was like, you got to kind of back off a little bit. Yeah. Back off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I said, this, is my, this is my little girl who's sad because she's not scoring enough goals on a high school team when she's in eighth grade. Right. You know, but I mean, realistically, like as soon as, and again, we've all had, I have had my parent instruct me. I am by no means am I, uh, you know, free of sin, but you're right. When you do, when you walk in and you start telling a guy like Marty Sandler, I, mean, I understand you're in the hall. I get it. You're a good player. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't, yeah. You don't understand what kids need at this particular point in time. When you're having that conversation, you really need to turn yourself back around and get outside and think, all right. And I have become the definition of the insane parent. Insane. And, and let me just throw him under the bus one final time because it plays perfectly into our topic. So his argument, not with Marty, but with me. So I said, Dan, you know, we're talking about this, all this specialization, playing different sports. And he says two things, Mike. So if you talk about Wayne Gretzky, the people will just dismiss him and say, well, he's different. You go, of course he is. But then they'll say it's a different time. That's this new excuse, right? Why the kids should specialize. It's a different time that now... If they want to be really good, they have to do that. And I go, what does that mean? What has changed? And this is where I always go back to. Look at the evidence. Right. Look at the evidence. Canadians, if you go back, Canadians at one point were, I believe, 85% of the National Hockey League. They have clung strictly to their major junior mini NHL 80-game system, all the while losing 50% of their market share to Europeans who play 40 game seasons and American collegiate players, even American, even Canadian kids who went to college in the U S and elected to play 40 games a year versus 80, but fifth, like a 35% shift in market share. And you look at that and say, I always look, it would be like, you know, Pepsi saying, Hey, by the way, Coke has gone in the tank. Coke's down 40%. We're thinking about hiring their marketing people (laughs) and having them put together a campaign for us at Pepsi. Because our goal is for us to lose 40% of our market share. Do you know what I mean? This is the problem when people say it's a different time. It is a different time, and it makes it easier, not harder. Because all of you fools are ruining your kids at a young age, not looking at the statistics and realizing that your kids are going to quit at 13 or 14 because it was no fun and because there was a lot of pressure. I mean, the statistics, and this is the thing, there's a huge body of evidence out there saying that this isn't true. But all you need is one kind of entrepreneurial parent saying that it is true. Right. Oh, no, no, it's absolutely true. And everybody else, because they want to, what do we want? Confirmation bias, right? Right. We want someone to tell us that what we believe is true is in fact true. So when someone does, you say, see, I told you. You know, I talked to so-and-so and he said he agrees with me. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Parker at BU, it's funny. He's one of the funniest, smartest guys that, I've had that, had the pleasure to be around. And he used to always say to me, yeah, Mike, don't talk to people on the phone. They call for agreement, not for advice. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> really well put. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
It's amazing to me when it comes to kids, as you're saying, that people don't look at the statistics. You know, was it Norway where they talk about like, it's not about playing games. It's about practices and the number of games that are played. That's not where you get good, Mike, right? You get good in practice. And then the well, games are, you, you know. Look yeah. at the small side of game data. Like, you know, we have parents who are still fighting. They want to play full ice games at U10. Right. And, you know, I mean, there's so many of these things that are just absolute. And people say, oh, the kids don't learn offside. They don't learn positions. And I'm like, no, they just learn to be good at skill. They get good skills and get good at the game. Don't worry, we can teach them offsides in five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. You know what? And, they they know, learn it from the video games, Mike. They know it. They yeah. play NHL 2000, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. I was at a seminar in Germany. Of, uh, one of my friends is I at, was director of the German National Ice Hockey Federation. So he invited me over to speak over there on off-ice training. But I went to his talk. And one of the things that he said, which was really interesting, so he's got – you know, his, uh, the offensive scheme up on the board and he's got F1, F2, F3. And he said, basically what you got to understand, he said, is that there's two positions in hockey, the guy with the puck and the guy without the puck. <laughs> he said, <laughs> if you're at center, left wing, left wing, right wing, left defense, right defense. He said, you need to understand, are you the guy with it or the guy without it? He said, if you're the guy right. without it, you got to figure out how to get where you can get. So you get it. <laughs> right. I'm sitting here thinking, this is freaking brilliant Hockey brilliance right here. And yet some people are like, oh, no, you got to be center, you know, and you got to get down low and you got to stay in the middle and you got to do this. And, and then you look at your kid and he's completely out of position and crowding the guy with the puck because someone told him he needs to, this is where you stand. Right. And, and then, you know, people talk, well, the kids don't have hockey sense. They don't have hockey sense because stupid parents beat it out of them <laughs> in their childhood. <laughs> right. Right. With Scotty Gomez is a good friend of mine. Wow. And we were at a, uh, we were talking about a seminar one time and he said, yeah, I did a hockey camp with these kids. And the coach was, we had him dumping the puck in. He said, and I was the on-ice coach, you know, an on-ice guest or whatever. He said, and I was like, no, never dump the puck in, never. Carry it across the blue line, he said, because at some point someone's going to tell you you can never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That goes to, I, I begrudge, like I will not, I coached right out of Boston College for a year, whatever, and it was so crazy and nuts. I said, I'm not, there's, there's no upside, just degrees of losing for me. But I was swinging the door, you know, one year. And so they asked me to take the coaching certification. One of the greatest guys I've ever heard, similar to you, like same philosophy, whatever, really smart. And he talked about exactly what you're talking about. He says, what do you hear in youth hockey? Dump it in and then get it out. So no one's carrying the puck. It's dump it right. in and get it out and just throw the puck around. That's not how you get good. Right. It's crazy. No, you want somebody who's encouraging your kid, carry the puck in, make a play, make a coach. Barco would always say, make a hockey play. Yeah. That's what I want you to do. I want you to make a play. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted guys that could make plays. Like, you know, the guys, the best players were guys that could make plays. Like, yeah, obviously we had a fourth line of guys whose job was to get it in and get it out. Right. But, but our really good players, you know, when we had the Tony Amontes and the McGeckers and the Joe Sacros and all these guys, you know, you wanted guys that could make plays. And the best guys were the guys who could see it, the guys with vision, the guys that understood what was in that's what like you talk about, you know, people talk about Gretzky. You know, it's like playing a it's really interesting. My lacrosse friend Jamie was evaluating, he evaluates players, and one of the things that he evaluates, which is a Premier League soccer term, number of head turns. Interesting. Interesting. They said because the best players in the Premier League are constantly turning their head. They're constantly scanning the field to know where everybody is, where the defenders are wow. and where their other players are. And so if you look at a kid and think you don't get a lot of head turns, you've got a kid without a lot of awareness. You know, if you've got a kid 
And what do we tell kids? Focus, right? Focus. <laughs> right. Get your head no, in the game. <laughs> right. You can't be good at hockey if you focus. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to head turn. I want you looking around and figuring out who's here. Where are all the other people? Yeah. We have guys. It's funny. We always talk about power plays and I'm like, first lesson in the power play should be okay. Five is more than four. It's one more than four, <laughs> which means we should have an open person all the time. Because it's amazing. You, know, you watch a kid get on the power play and then shoot it. Right, right. And you think, um, did you not understand the part where we're going to have one open person? <laughs> right. We have an advantage. <laughs> you got to understand that theory. But, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. the stuff like game sense wise. You know, you watch a kid come down the power play and take a shot and you're thinking, you know, how dumb is that? How, no hockey sense. Right. right. And then as kids get older, you start to the kids with hockey sense. That's why sometimes, you know, late bloomers. Yeah. And I mean, we could get into, we could, sure. we're, we're, this will be two store, um, two more podcasts, but there's something called relative age effect. Yeah. And her relative age effect is huge in hockey. So my son is a relative age effect guy in hockey, he's December 23rd. So he's eight days. He always said, dad, I would have been an unbelievable. Old father. <laughs> right. Back Mama to Malcolm Gladwell, laid, right? Screwing yeah, everyone up. Yeah, yeah. Mom had just laid still for eight more days. You know, <laughs> right. not to, I, I might've been like the best kid at my age bracket. Yeah. And, but as a result, he was always a little behind. Right. And even now, 14 going on 15, he's just catching up because there are kids that he plays against. You know, when we were playing in town hockey, two-year blocks, Yeah, he was 10. There were kids on oh. the team that were 12. Right, right. And he'd be like, Dad, these kids are so much better than me. And I'm like, Mark, they're going to be juniors when you're a freshman. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's crazy, but, especially as a boy. Yeah. Right, as a boy. But when you look at that and think, you know, in town hockey in two-year blocks, it can be a massive difference. And even one year, 12 months in a 10-year-old's life or oh, yeah. 11 months, yeah, massive. Right. And you can take soccer has actually started to look at doing half years. Interesting. Believe it or not. Yeah, wow. Because they've seen how strong, like if you look, because that's why you look at Gladwell stuff. Gladwell was right on that in terms of relative age effect. Someone posted a, um, a Canadian roster for like a, a Canadian, a pretty good Canadian youth team. And it was, it was 75% first quarter. Frightening, right? I mean, it's, it's just yeah. true. That's the stat, right? It makes sense. All the, all the alternates were third and fourth quarter kids. The kids that didn't quite make it were kids that were born basically from June on. And um, and so you realize, you know, there's all of this stuff and this, this is the stuff that parents don't factor in. You know, this early maturation, you know, your kids, sometimes obviously you get the kids, you know, we used to laugh, you know, the Greek and the Italian kids, you know, <laughs> who were shaving, you know, when they're in seventh grade. And- you know, they, they tend to physically, if you've got early maturing kids, they're going to be physically way ahead of everybody else. But the field's going to, the playing field's going to level. Right. In that 15, 16 age bracket. And suddenly those kids are not going to have that incredible sort of maturational advantage that, uh, that, that some people get. And if they didn't acquire those skills, I think it goes to like football too, Mike, especially when you have the heavier kid at 10, 12, 13, you know, he's a lineman. He doesn't get to do touch the ball. He doesn't get any of that stuff. And then all of a sudden at 16, 17, he shoots up to six, four, you know, one eighty five, and he spent his entire life blocking kids, right? Because he didn't play those sports or, or play different positions. One of my son's friends is a five, 10, 180 pounds. And, He's been playing high school football this year as a freshman. And I asked him, you know, because he played guard and linebacker. Yeah. And I said, you know, what do you think you're going to do at, at school, Matt? And he said, Are they, they're going to let me try running back at school. And I thought, have you ever done I said, have you ever done that before? And he just looked at me very seriously. He said, no, I'm too big. I've never been allowed to run the ball. Yeah. 
because they have a, like a weight limit in terms of if you weigh over a certain amount, even though, and his kid was incredibly athletic, like he would have been an absolute wrecking machine and right. on a that they let it <laughs> carry the ball, which is why they don't. It's a good rule. But, <laughs> yeah. but in that case, it actually, you know, this kid never gets any reps carrying the ball. Right. Which is crazy. Right. So there's just so much. I mean, there's so much wrong with youth sports. I mean, I could, I could literally, I could do this. I've done a three hour lecture on this. I could go on for more than three hours talking about the problems. But the big thing is, is we just have to make, you know, parents have to step back and think, okay, am I really doing what's best for my kid? Is right. it, and that, like I said, if your kid, if you're not on a team that rolls lines, you should be moving to a different organization. You should just be like, okay, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm on the A team in unnamed town in Fairfield County. But <laughs> right. you're better off having your kid be on the B team and play every second or third shift and get better at hockey then suddenly realize, oh, go, game's on the line. Sorry, Mike, take a seat over there and watch, learn something here while you see your, uh, your peers play. Because we realize kids are disappearing at 13, 14 because it's not fun. Who's going to be the first kid to quit? The kid doesn't play, right? He's going to look and think, why would I bother? Why am I going to go back out again next year? When I, and this is the thing from a self-esteem standpoint, when I've already been told by the adults whose opinion I value so highly, that I'm not good enough. Right. And you can't, you know, parents to coach, I didn't say he wasn't good enough. And it's like, well, you didn't let him play. Okay. That's like putting a freaking stamp on his head that says not good enough. Right. You know what I mean? You've, right. you've been sat on the bench in the third <laughs> period of a U12 hockey game. Right. And they get You've got to put that kid out, you know, live with the mistake, whatever happens, happens. Because again, what happens? That's why, what happens in a U12 game? Like, what is the, what is the ramification of the loss? <laughs> well, that's what I say, right? When you're 18 and, and whatever, you know, uh, collegiate level, they're not going to look back and say, you know, how did you do when you were a squirt major? What was your record? We won the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. I'm like, well, what other tremendous accomplishments did you have at 12? Because I'd really love to, to spend some time <laughs> talking to you about what an awful childhood you had, because that's the high point of your life was some Pee Wee tournament that you won at 12 years old. I mean, that's just miserable. And that kid, I've always said, you know, you're, I don't want the, my kids to be the star at 8, 10, 12, 14, right? I want them under the radar. I want them having fun. And many of those kids who win tournaments that you just described, uh, if you were a betting person, you know, 90% of them aren't going to be who they think they're going to be right. come 18, 19. And again, if you're, because if you're a betting person, you're betting because statistically, you're right. Yeah. Because they're not. It, it doesn't end up that way. It just... It never has. And people will always point to, you know, they love to point to the outlier, to the exception, or they'll point to Sidney Crosby or they'll point, but even like Jack Eichel, I remember Jack saying to me like, Oh, you know, I wasn't that good. I, I didn't get like 14. I really get good. I had a big growth spurt and I was just, you know, all of a sudden at 14, he jumped on the radar. Right. But he wasn't, you know, all the way coming up, you, you know, people weren't, there were other kids that people thought were going to be better than him. And now you look, you know, in New England, there may not have been anybody that's ever been better than him. Right. You know, from this area. And, it, you know, it's the same type of situation. You want your kid to be in a competitive situation. You want them to be getting good coaching, being around good people, being treated positively. Like These are the things that you want. Right. Not, not being on the best team, not having the best record. Those things don't matter. I, I constantly was looking at what kind of people do I want my kids to be around? Right. Who do I want 
coaching them? Who do I want? Because again, I know how important coaches were for me as a kid in terms of molding the type of person that I became. And I'm thinking that's what I want. And like I said, when, when you're the person who's telling, I had a, a friend the other day, who's, or not the other day, last year, who's telling her daughter got cut from her U14 team. They needed a better defenseman. So they cut her. And I was just like, how can an adult, you know, it's kind of like, hey, these are the kids on your team. These are the kids on your team. You can't cut kids at 14. Yeah. And I looked, and I saw Jeff Blashill, the Detroit uh, coach, talk at a clinic one time too. And one of the things that he said that stuck with me, he said, the best way to get your team better is to get your players better. Yeah. He said, that should be your focus. Your focus should be on making your players better. Right. Right. And, and I sat there and thought, he's right. He was talking about it more in the NHL mode of, you need to, um, he said, you know, if you trade, he said, you know, you're going to trade a $4 million defenseman for a $4 million defenseman. He said, you know, you're going to trade like parts for like parts. You can't really, you can't just upgrade your team in the salary cap era by swapping out players. He said, but what you can do is get your players better. And, you know, you don't get players better by telling them they're not good. And I love, and again, yeah, we could do 10 hours. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so simplistic, but as, as we've been talking about, the, the answers quite often are the opening of Miracle when he's, he's putting the team together, right? And Herb Brooks hands the piece of paper after that first. I, I love this too. We have three tryouts, Mike, three for this hockey team that shall go unnamed. They know before the, anyone steps on the ice who will be on that team. These coaches know. They, you know, they, they call the kids in. Uh, so, you know, the, the beginning of Miracle where he says, I don't, they say, these aren't the best players. And he goes, I don't want the best players. I want the best team. You know, again, so simple yet so powerful. And parents don't get that. Yeah. You know. No. Uh, so let's uh, quick wrap up. So for those of you who we made really angry, <laughs> good. That's <laughs> what this show's about, sure. disruption and fitness. And listen, you're going to say, yeah, whatever. And you're going to have your kid. Mike Boyle is a guy who trains. He's been doing it forever. And listen, do you want happy kids? And if you truly, if, you, if you're a smart person, that's what blows me away, Mike, as many of these people are, you know, accomplished executives as we talked about, but they're not going to, they're, they're the confirmation bias. They, they want to do what they want. When it comes to fitness people, more is not better. More is not necessarily better. Variation is better, right? And when you have a kid that is playing a bunch of sports, they are learning so many different things. And let's, let's end up with uh, this. So the unstructured play, we were talking about it really quickly, but you know, I grew up playing pond hockey. I grew up playing with uh, someone we have in common, Mike. We talk about, uh, talked about AJ Malesko. She was like your daughter. At the New Canaan Winter Club, we used to have a thing called partition. They called it Tish. And it was basically they would take a bunch of hockey sticks, a third of the ice, and if you were two years old or 22 years old, you went in there and you played. And you got really good because there were pucks flying around your head, and it was just free play, unstructured. And to your point, again, for another show, like if teams are lopsided as kids, you know what kids do? They make them even because kids don't want to win 10 to nothing. It's not fun to win 10 to nothing. So what Mike and I talked about is – Two takeaways, right, Mike? Real quickly. Play a bunch of different sports and have a lot of free time to play and get good on your own. Pretty simple. Yeah. Like, like set up, I said, the number one thing you can do for your kids, set up your backyard as a play area. Have them, you know, I constantly, I have a shooting area with a net. I have a lacrosse net. I have, and I'm constantly, you know, trying to set up situations where the kids can play and have fun and still be doing sports stuff. But play means no 
parents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. That's the perfect place to uh, thank you so much. I mean, again, uh, we got to do this again, but, you know, super helpful for people. If, if you truly want your kid to not only be a good kid, but a good athlete, and the two, let's be honest, hopefully are not uh, mutually exclusive. Uh, another show. But uh, thank you so much, and, and I'll right. definitely have you back. Mike, thanks for taking the time. All right, you're welcome. Have I'm going to come right out of here. All so right. thank you. Have much. a great day. Take it easy. Have a great day. All thanks, right. Mike. Thanks. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I think I say it just about every show, and it's usually after an interview with someone like Mike Boyle, how much I love my job. And guess what? Started the show by talking about my two boys. Am I perfect with them? Nope. Do I need to make some changes? Absolutely. And that's okay. That's what this show is supposed to do, is make us all uncomfortable. I'm not perfect. Mike Boyle's not perfect. Talked about that too. But we should be trying to seek out the best information this show. We should be open to other ways of thinking so we can all be the best. I've said that so many times in my career. I don't want to be right. I want to be the best I can be. And listening to a guy like Mike Boyle is the way to do it. And sure, makes us as parents uncomfortable. Go, well, I'm not quite doing all those things. It's, that's Okay. Now you know. If you didn't know, if you're surprised, and these 
we're not just making this. This isn't our philosophy, quote unquote. It's actually, if you study professional athletes, what they did when they were kids, if you actually look at countries like Norway, where teams thrive without playing and keeping score till, you know, the teens, it's not about winning. It's not about games. It's about skill acquisition. It's about making the kids better people, players, and not just winning. And it's not about specializing at a young age. That's not the, that's not, you say, oh yeah, well, that would be easier. It would actually be easier. If that were the secret, most people would do that. Think about it. This is not playing the guitar. And even then, skill acquisition, there's, there's so much more involved. You burn your kid out pretty easily, pretty quickly. And most, many, many parents are doing just that. So I love my job. I love this show. I love talking to people like Mike Boyle. Now, obviously, I'm biased because I have the same exact philosophy as him, much of it because I started off learning from him and then developed my philosophy that's very similar to his, almost exact. It is exact because we look at the science, we look at the statistics, and we take all of these different things into play and take our biases out and take our, our, our egos out because it's not about us if it's kids sports. It's about the kids. And I was honest, you know, it was a little extreme when I said, you know, we're in Canada and got killed and my kid, you know, didn't win a game. And I obviously wasn't happy that we won. You never want, you can't lose by too much. And that will obviously degrade a a child's self-esteem, but it wasn't that way. I just, it was a little less uh, extreme than that. My point was, it's not about winning. It's about the kids getting better. And my son just happens to be someone who loves the competition. He doesn't care about the score by and large. Yes, of course he wants to win, but he gets it. He understands because God knows we talk about it enough. Smart. And he wants to be the best player he can be. And he trusts me. And you know what? It's a great way to wrap this show up because it's about trust. I used to say that to my clients when I was a personal trainer and coach. They had to trust me when you read my books. And a lot of people read the books and they go, this isn't enough. They don't trust me. They don't trust the, the process. And this show, we're going to have people like Mike Boyle. I was thinking about this. We have a handful of shows now. And there's the same theme emerging people from people who are really good at what they do. What did Mike say? Show up. Consistency. It's not about these fancy workouts or fancy diets or crazy supplements or crazy recovery techniques. Show up. Do the work. Keep it simple. And that goes for our kids even more so than ourselves. So I've said enough. What an uh, just honor and privilege. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm that much better today having spoken with Mike Boyle. And you are that much better having listened to him. And now let's all try and apply the principles that will help our kids and not our egos. It's delayed gratification. And if you truly, if you have a kid who's showing promise and passion, as Mike said, in a sport, the best thing you can do is apply the information and the knowledge that Mike just gave you. That's what you should do. Awesome. I am Tom Holland. Thank you for listening. Please, if you have some extra time, rate the show, leave some comments. I appreciate it. Share the show with your friends. Thank you for listening and hopefully trusting. And I'm just here to help you have your best life. 
I'm here to help us all enjoy it as much as we can. Look better, feel better, live longer. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Holland, and believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.